0: Higher Things thanks you for your support. Please continue to support the work we do with youth by going to our website at higherthings.org, clicking on support and donating securely through PayPal. Your gift helps us in our mission to support pastors, youth workers, and parents in daring our church's youth to be Lutheran.
1: Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we confess with St. John saying, I forgot my lines. (laughs) That's not really what St. John says, but it's been a long day. These things are written. (laughs) That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name, but nowhere in scripture is it promised that you will remember your line. We're your hosts. I'm Thomas Lemke.
0: And I'm Pastor Eric Brown, who who just preached a sermon on how the Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance. So, uh, <laughs> Thomas, do you want to, uh, <laughs> now, now, some might it say might Thomas has just time. committed the sin against the Holy Spirit, but that is not what is going on. That's just simple absent-mindedness <laughs> that has nothing to do with, like, rejecting God and his salvation gifts. That's just, we're hacked. It's fun. All right. And they this is it. the Gospel Boldly podcast, where we are working our way through the book of Judges. And and again, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give you a heads up, oh dear listener. Ready? If Ready. the book of judges is something you haven't gone through, and, and if you only think of the judges in terms of the happy little stories from Sunday school, hold on to your knickers. This is going to be <laughs> in fact, in fact, we're we're in the middle of chapter 18. We're at, at chapter 18, verse 7. We're in the middle of a story about Micah, who has who's a fellow who basically decided to make an idol and hired himself a priest. And yeah, so it's just all sorts of crazy folks from the tribe of Dan are coming to look and, and scope things out. And it's going to be just wickedness ensuing. Uh, This is introduced by a wonderful phrase. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Now Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this. I don't know if we went into this, Thomas. Um, Thomas.
1: Why was there no king in Israel? Well, I guess several geopolitical reasons and all this stuff could be brought to bear. But I, I think more specifically, what you're getting at is God saying that he was going to lead them in essence. I mean, he was going to to put someone in place to kind of guide them, as, like the prophet that will come, as, as mm-hmm. vague as that could be. But but otherwise, that's God's position.
0: This is one of the themes that, that comes up that, that – the ideal is that the people would just simply be have God as their king, and, and that's the way it was set up. Although, even in the law given to Moses, there were provisions for how you're going to do things with the king, because yeah. again, this is one where God is highly realistic when he, when he sets things up. He says, don't murder, but also in the law, he sets up cities of refuge where, okay, if you have committed murder, here's where you can go and... Nothing's going to go on there, and we won't have blood feud. All right, there we go. Or So, I mean, there, there's a highly practical side to it. So even though God says, all right, you won't need a king because I'm going to be your king. Yeah, here's how you go and you get a real king when you find out you need a king. Because this, this in those days, Israel had no king or there was no king in Israel is emblematic of it's the wild, wild west. But I'd actually contend this might almost be not just that there was no earthly, physical human king in Israel. But, man, it's looking like people who had completely and utterly forgotten their true king, the Lord. All right? Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that the guy says, hey, I'll just build an idol. This will be awesome. And, and hey, I'll go hire out a Levite. And the Levite says, oh, well, this is awesome. This is great. I'll go. It, it, it's all messed up.
1: So does that kind of work to get us back into the flow? I think it does. Yeah. And and I'm glad you kind of issued that caveat about where we're going to be going here. These couple of chapters get, get hairy.
0: It's gonna be fun. It's like, how come they never do how come they never do judges chapter eighteen and nineteen or twenty on like the Bible kids cartoon shows? Yeah. Could, well, yeah. You could do an awesome <laughs> anime about this.
1: Yeah! But you could that oh,
0: yeah yeah you all could
1: right. that okay be ready well, let's
0: start in we're, we're at yeah. verse seven would you jump on in thomas
1: all right then the five men departed and came to laish and saw the people who were there how they lived in security after the manner of the sidonians quiet and unsuspecting lacking nothing that is in the earth and possessing wealth and how they were far from the sidonians and had no dealings with anyone
0: all right so as you recall we have some spies from Dan. And and Dan's got some of their inheritance set up, but they never took over the rest, and now they're looking to expand. And so they came on up, and they dealt with this this Micah and his false prophet and and false priest and all that stuff. And now they're going on. They come across a town that is like the Sidonians. Now, who are the Sidonians?
1: I'm really not familiar with Sidonians. I don't know.
0: You are, but you don't know it at the moment. Okay. Uh, you talk about the two important towns on the Northern coast mm-hmm. were Tyre and Sidon.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's so the
0: Sidonians are the, the side. Cido- so basically they're, they're locals, they're natives who are used to being from a wealthy port city. And, and okay. so they're kind of open and trusting. They're almost like a, you can think of it like a, a, a colony or an extension of Sidon, but often the off, off, Further out down in the wilderness, so they're unsuspecting and they're mm-hmm. they're kind and gracious and oh yeah we're, we''re we're the free trade people we don't fight with anyone we'll trade with everyone this will be good, right okay yeah, we'll be kind and great and the reaction of the folks of Dan is, oh, they're unsuspecting
1: <laughs> uh, all right, so carry on, carry on all right and when they came to their brothers at Zora and Eshtaal. Their brothers said to them, What do you report? They said, Arise, and let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you do nothing? Do not be slow to go, to enter, in, and possess the land. As soon as you go, you will come to an unsuspecting people. The land is spacious, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no, uh, no lack of anything that is in the earth. Question, Thomas. Um, On what basis can they
0: say, for God has given it into your hand?
1: I mean, is it within the confines of the promised land of Canaan?
0: I don't think that's the point here, Thomas. These are just, we're, this is so ripe for the pickings that God must have set this up for, that there is no, no prophet saying this is what God has instructed you to do. No, they, they've dealt with Micah the false and, and his Levite and his idol, and, but they're not striving after what God and his word says. They're making up stuff on their own. Instead of possessing the land as they were supposed to, they're doing it on their own. These are man-made plans. All right? Okay. So, so what you have here is you have this giant demonstration of self-made worship this giant demonstration of the section of sinful human man saying, you know what, I'm going to do stuff and I'm even going to put a veneer of, of spirituality on it. So it looks nice. I'm going to take my pig and I'm going to, I'm going to paint some lipstick on it and say, (laughs) look how holy this is. And and so you, you see already you have this idea of, of self-made or or man-made worship where these people are doing things without any instruction from God Mm -hmm. and yet saying, Oh, well Uh, Surely it's good. And and this is one of the the wise sayings of the 20th century uh, is a a comment, a phrase by a famous Lutheran uh, theologian by the name of Herman Sasa, and he has a great, great adage, where the scriptures speak, we speak. Where the scriptures are silent, we remain silent. In other words, you say what the word of God says, but you don't add to it and you don't shy away from, from dealing with what it says. These folks are all just making stuff up on the fly. And it's going to go sideways in a, a uh, sort of way. All right? Okay. Well, let's carry on.
1: All right. So 600 men of the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zorah and Eshtaal, and went up and encamped at Kiriath-Jerim Jer- in Judah. On this account, that place is called Men- Dan to this day. Behold, it is west of Kiriath-Jerim. And they passed on from here to the hill country of Ephraim, and came to the house of Micah. I should really practice these beforehand before I just run at them. <laughs> Right. So now some of this is just giving
0: some explanation for for local geography. Oh, they came to the place that is called Mahana Mahana Dan, which literally means the camp of dance. It's like, oh, yeah. So so this is where they camp. This is why it's called Dan Camp or Camp of Dan, as it were. So this is given some some. Yeah. Here's why some of these names have their names, folks. All right. All right, let's carry on.
1: Okay. Then the five men who had gone to scout out the country of Laish said to their brothers, Do you know that in these houses there are an ephod, household gods, a carved image, and a metal image? Now therefore consider what you will do. And they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite at the home of Micah and asked him about his welfare. Now the 600 men of the Danites, armed with their weapons of war, stood by the entrance of the gate
0: now, now, get us. There, there's a little bit of humor in how this is being told. Uh, this is all meant to be kind of, do, 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 like in the old, in the old uh, Warner Brothers cartoons or something, in the Melly Mar- Mary Melodies, when someone's trying to be sneaky and they're taking these big, quiet steps. Oh, don't <laughs> yeah. look at me. We're so innocent. Oh, you know, uh, there's a guy here, and he's got an ephod and some stuff, and I mean, just, just, just think about it. Okay, well, we'll just happen to go by. I know we'll just happen to put all our troops right by the gate. Oh, this is all just totally innocent. Wink, to leave, wink. I
1: look through the gate. And the guys are just waving, like grinning, like hi, hi. Wink, wink,
0: wink. Nudge, nudge, nothing <laughs> going on. We'll we'll just follow along and see what happens. Huh? Oh, hey. Okay. All right. All right. Carry on.
1: All righty. Let's see. And the five men who had gone to scout out the land went up and entered and took the carved image, the ephod, the household gods, and the metal image, while the priests stood by the entrance of the gate with the 600 men armed with weapons of war. And when these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household gods, and the metal image, the priest said to them, what are you doing? And they said to him, keep quiet, put your hand on your mouth and come with us. Uh, and be to us a father and a priest. It is better for you to be a priest to the house of one man. Oh, is it better, Phrases a question, for you to be the priest to the house of one man or to be priest to a tribe and clan in Israel? And the priest's heart was glad. He took the ephod and the household gods and the carved image and went along with the people
0: now do you get how this is really kind of a funny say wait wait what are you guys doing? Hey, hey dude 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 don't complain you're getting an upgrade here you're, you're not just <laughs> gonna be this dude's priest. we're taking you you're 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 coming to a bigger church oh well why didn't you say so here let me go help you plunder the house of the guy who set me up with a cushy job
1: we're calling you up to the big league son well do, do you see how
0: this is? It's almost comedic. It's almost a a comedy of errors in the sense of, oh, we're going to go claim the land that we say the Lord is giving us. Let's go stop and get idols and a new priest on the way. Uh, Oh, what? What are you thinking? They're not. This is just all depravity of the heart this is all we're going to do what we want and then we'll 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 slap a, a religious veneer on it and and then we'll say oh look we're being good and pious meanwhile we're trotting on the downtrodden because again we're, we're we're going to go get this priest and kidnap him and then go invade a unsuspecting town in the middle of nowhere they're like the bad guys in a western It's horrible <laughs> yeah. all right gather up so, a posse all right well well it's time for us to take a break and and then after the break we'll get the backwards life and more wickedness yay hooray wickedness i guess or something and we're back to the gospel bully podcast where we're not getting a lot of gospel at the moment we're getting a lot of demonstrations of the wickedness of man. But before we get to that, we are going to do our segment that we lovingly call The Backwards Life, where we, we take a, a commonly tossed about Christian idea and kind of come at it from a different angle and see what we can learn about. it. So,
1: Thomas, what is our topic for the day? Okay. Topically speaking, this is a, a change from, I guess, what we've been doing. More of a sensitive subject, I think, or, or we could interpret it this way or make it this way. And that is the subject of doubt. You have an individual, say, who through the cares and the tribulations of the world begins to question, is God really with me? Or for instance, you have somebody who comes up against a tough question of the faith uh, pertaining to maybe uh, uh, science and, and they don't know how to answer it and doubt enters their mind. Or you pick any number of other examples, things that can cause Christians to not stray from the faith, but To have earnest questions and Mm -hmm. conduct earnest seeking, I suppose. How would you, uh, I guess, carry that forward?
0: All right, okay. Here's my backwards approach. I'm going to actually talk about faith first,
1: because most of the time,
0: most of the time in the U.S. when we we speak of faith, we're not really speaking of faith, which is a trust in God. We put forth in the American church faith as a really almost a sense of bravado. See how bold I am. See how strong my faith is. How, how firm I am. Well, where's that putting the focus on, Thomas? The self. Right. And, and now, now, as you know, Thomas, in reality, if you are going to look at yourself, if you are going to look at your heart, what will you actually find when you look honestly, when the, when the scriptures speak bluntly about your heart?
1: Uh, do I have to? I, I will find um, <laughs> crusty blood and <in> crusted rags.
0: <laughs> Wickedness, evil. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's what goes into you doesn't devolve you, but what comes out of you For it's out of the heart comes all wicked desires. So, mm-hmm. so think about the, the, the tension that we set up in American Christianity, where we put so much emphasis on internal bravado. Meanwhile, what's going on if we look at ourselves internally and, and see honestly inside our hearts? wickedness
1: yeah shifting sands of wickedness moreover
0: so do do you see how that that's going to cause some disconnect we 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 get set up for tension and then moreover we've told ourselves that real faith means bravado and so then when any doubt comes in it makes us doubt i say our faith in the sense of do, do i actually believe strongly enough is my faith good enough which is the wrong question. Is your, is Jesus still Jesus? Is he still your savior? Where, where are you looking at it? Are you looking at, at yourself? Are you looking at Christ? So, so we do get stuff. Doubt is something that's going to doubt comes up normally simply because we're sinful human beings. That's going to be one of the ways that we get attacked. And we're especially not prepared for it in America because we, we, we think of faith in terms of how strong we are. Uh, Here's my my uh, three things that I'll say about doubt. At least I think it'll be three. First, the first big thing is: oh no, if I'm doubting, have I lost faith? Well, no. Well, if you're worried about it, then you haven't lost faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because like, if you, if you, if you had lost faith, you wouldn't care. Secondly, the thing to do when Coming across something of doubt is not to focus upon yourself, but rather upon Christ and what He has promised you. The faith comes by what, Thomas, hearing and, and hearing, hearing by, the word. by the word of God. So, so the 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 response to doubt is not, oh, I better I better get stronger, I better work my spirit. No, it, it you better hear and receive Christ. If if the world is pushing in on you and put, well, think about it this way. Think about like a balloon and you know, you, you guys have all done the experiments with balloons where if they go up in a, a higher place, they'll expand or if they drop down lower and there's more pressure, they can crush them and stink on in and all that. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. if you're being crushed by the world, if that pressure is getting to you, you don't say, oh, I'll just toughen up. No, you, you, you become filled more. So be in the word. And then the third thing, I'm going to actually play this off of what I said earlier. Sometimes the answer is we don't know. We live in a very scientific age. Thomas, do you remember what the root of the word of science is? What does science actually mean in the Latin or what does it come from?
1: By knowledge.
0: Knowledge. We prize knowledge. We like to be know-it-alls. In fact, I I, I freely admit I'm a happy (laughs) know-it-all. Um, but are there things that we are? Are we told by God that there are going to be things that we don't know? Oh yeah, and absolutely. and that's one of the places where doubt can come. How, how do we reconcile? How does this work? And and again, if it's a matter of bravado, if the faith is, look at how how awesome I am and how much I know, saying I I, I don't know makes us feel bad. Makes oh no, am I? Well, no, there there are times where I don't know is as good as it is. Sometimes it's I don't know. I can study more. Sometimes it's I, I don't know because we can't know from the scriptures. For example, Thomas, all right? I, I'm going to pretend you have just asked me the question, how old is the earth? Whoa, that's something that can cause a lot of do you know do you know what the actual scriptural answer is? I don't know. Are, are, are we told in the scriptures how old the earth is? We, we can come up with different theories and stuff, but we don't know. And so, you know what? I'll just go, I, it, it, it's however old it is, as old as God made it. And you know what? That doesn't change the fact of who Christ Jesus is. And what he has said of me. So, so rather than focusing on what I can't know and getting discouraged by that and doubting, or, or rather than focusing on my own weakness and getting discouraged and doubting, in those moments of doubt, what I need is to hear the word of God, to be pointed again to Christ Jesus and his love for me. Does that make sense?
1: Sure does. Was that a backwards take? Yeah, but, but a very good backwards take.
0: I, I, I will tell one other story. And this is a story from when my dad was on Vicarage. I was in seventh grade when my dad was on Vicarage. Mm -hmm. And and we were living in Texas in the Bible Belt. It was my family's first exposure to the Bible Belt, which was interesting. Uh, And and my mom had been talking to one of the ladies in the church. And and she had just said, you know, I feel like such a terrible Christian because I have doubts. And my mom looked at her like she was nuts and said, well, of course you have doubts. My, my husband, who's a vicar here, has doubts on occasion. I mean, that, that's what comes up. And it was just this mind-blowing thing that, you, you mean everyone has doubts? And this is one of the things where, where so often we want to put up that brave face and look how green I am. And we don't share our sufferings with one another. And here's where that becomes so diabolical. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if I'm suffering from doubt, if if there's something that is oppressing me and, and attacking me, the solution is not for me to put on the brave face and I'll just carry on. But okay, I, I I talk to someone. I I go to my pastor. I, I I go to a friend. I go to family, friends, parents. What and and I take my burden to them and we share one another's burdens as we are as Christians. And, and then they can speak the word of God to me. And then what can happen? I can be strengthened. So again, if you have doubts, don't, don't try and bottle them up or go, go talk to people, go talk to your fellow Christians, go be fed on the word. All right. All right. Solid. Ooh, that was like seventies tastic. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. That'd be a good little sound clip. We need to have like a 70. We we, we need some more sound clips and sound effects. May, maybe later. Yeah, maybe bring may, those back. May, maybe if we can upgrade. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> My soundboard's getting dusty. We could probably. <laughs> actually, well, actually, actually the... I should have a soundboard set up so I can just like hit random. Things. Yay, sound zing. Zing. Yeah, you could you could zing me out when I'm uh, trying to pronounce something. I don't know the word. Now, if we had show. sound effects, what would be the sound effect for this uh, section that's about to come up here?
0: Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're jumping at verse twenty-one again. All right, chapter eighteen, twenty-one. So, yes. so let's dive back in, Thomas.
1: All right. So they turned and departed, putting the little ones and the livestock and the goods in front of them. When they had gone a distance from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house were called out, and they overtook the people of Dan, and they shouted to the people of Dan, who turned around and said to Micah, "What is the matter with you that you come with such a company?" <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I, know I'm laughing, but it's like, okay, we're going to put the kids up in front and let them go. And then, and then, Hey, we've been robbed when they come out to the robbers. And they're like, what, 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 what's going on? Why, why are (laughs) you guys coming out so mad? What's going on? I mean, do you see how this is just so bald faced? And we're not doing anything. What, what us? All right. So, so, I mean, it really is comical. So carry on. All right.
1: And he said, you take my gods that I made and the priests and go away. And what have I left? How then do you ask me? What is the matter with you? And the people of Dan said to him, do not let your voice be heard among us. Lest angry fellows fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household.
0: I don't know, guy. You're you're just yelling. Some of the people here are kind of jumpy. You might scare them. You might just <laughs> want to be quiet. Let, let, let some of the jumpy
1: guys come and attack you, man. That's, this, that's such a, a thinly veiled threat. It's just incredible.
0: I mean, this is just bold. This is just brazen. This is ah. So it, now I'm going to point this out. The fact that this is the way they're operating that that the threats are just so thinly veiled and there's this this veneer of nicety i'm saying veneer over and over again this this artificial pretense of of oh we're just trying to be nice we're not that shows how wicked things actually are that shows how far off things have actually gotten where where even the bad guys are pretending to be nice and dandy and kind. We're just being good neighbors. Oh, and and what's funny about this too is, uh, what does the name Dan actually mean? Uh, is it lion or something? I don't know. Nope. Danielle is God is my judge. Ah, so uh-huh. so okay. here here you have the tribe of Dan that should be the judge that should know how to choose righteousness and not wickedness who should know to to not oppress the poor and they're the wor- they have the worst moral judgment of anyone it, it's a great <laughs> irony all right let, let, let's see if we can get a little bit more F- finish the chapter
1: though okay let's see uh you mean the paragraph well yeah yeah okay. okay finish the paragraph okay uh let's see here um, wow. I lost my place. There it is. Uh, then the people of Dan went their way, but when Micah saw, uh, that they were too strong for him, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in the right spot. When yeah. Micah saw that they were too strong f- uh, for him, he turned and went back to his home.
0: It looks like you're going to be at the great fight on life. Uh, yeah, there's 600 them. too many for me. Might as well just go home. Now we're, we're coming up on a break. But but do you see how there's the, almost a, a very comedic element to this? This is just sort of, if you were shooting this like a movie, or if you were telling, think about telling this like a story. You could do such deadpan comedy type stuff with this. Just like, we're all coming out. What are you doing? Oh, we're just we're just on our way, man. Uh, d- don't shout too much. Uh, otherwise, folks might get a- uh Okay, and, and could you see how they could turn the camera back to Mike and as the, the crowd rides off and you just pull away and it's like, eh, and shrugs and then turns around and goes back. I mean, it's just, no one's, he doesn't call upon God for, it's just, ah, it's all just messed up. Eh, oh well. So, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back after the break. And we'll find out more about these mighty brave warriors of Dan, and and we'll carry on. All right, it's good. And we are back on the Gospel boldly podcast, and we're working towards the end of Judges eighteen, and so uh, so let, let's just carry on and and find <laughs> out what the we'll find out what the Danites are up to next.
1: On their nice. on their, their, courageous, look at what God has given into our hands to her of wickedness. So. Oh, yeah. But the people of Dan took what Micah had made and the priests who belonged to him, and they came to Laish, to a people quiet and unsuspecting, and struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon, and they had no dealings with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. Then they rebuilt the city and lived in it. And they named the city Dan after the name of Dan, their ancestor, who was born to Israel. But the name of the city was Laish at the first.
0: So again, this, this is just utter oppressing of people who have no... These are, this is a helpless, defenseless town. And they're just like, yep, we're moving in. Not because they're instructed by God, not with any chance to, hey, do you wish to repent? Do you wish to join the people of God? No, it's just, oh, we like their stuff, we're gonna take it. Oh, we like their stuff, we're gonna take it. Oh, we like their stuff, we're gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not this is this is not an example for how we as Christians ought to shape our lives.
1: So, all right, carry on. All right. And the people of Dan set up the carved image for themselves. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. So they set up Micah's carved image that he made, as long as the house of God was at Shiloh.
0: So in other words, even though there is the house of God at Shiloh, where they're supposed to go, where they should be going, and no, we'll just do our own thing over here. The Danites were always trouble. And this is one of the things where... um. One of the things that comes up if you look at the, the histories in First and Second Samuel and, and such like that, where, where you have the kingdom of, of Saul is kind of small, then David expands it. And, and you realize if you look at the map that, that Saul's kingdom really doesn't cover all of, of Israel. And it's because most of them are off the reservation. Most of the tribes of Israel are only nominally faithful anymore they're all doing their own thing They're Oh yeah. Well, we'll talk about the Lord, but we ignore the stuff of the Lord completely. And so this is bad. It's like, no, we, we officially have a secondary, uh, worship center up over here. We'll do our own thing. uh uh-huh, Bye. And nice. uh, it, it, it's, and, and as they point out, this is a problem all the time even until the captivity of the land. (laughs) This is something that goes on until the Assyrians take care of it. Oh, gosh. So, all right. Any other thoughts, questions there?
1: I don't know if it's worth spending any significant amount of time on, but I I did note that there in the middle of the chapter, in my head at least earlier, we had a lot of repetition. I'm trying to to get my uh, Bible to kind of scroll here on my screen so I can read that, but... Basically, what happened was over and over again, you get the lines, "Uh, oh, you know, Micah had this, that, and the other thing. The Let's see, here it is. There's an ephod household, God's a carved image and a metal image. And then just within a couple sentences, uh, there's to the say it's, you know, an ephod household, God's carved image. I think they repeat it like three times that he has an ephod mm-hmm. household, God's a carved image and a metal image. Why do we need all of that within the space of like seven verses?
0: Um. Okay, some of this is simply... This is probably a, a story that had been told and told and told orally before it was finally written down. And, and when you're going – the list help you keep your place. Basically, it be, Thomas and I were talking about the Odyssey over the break. I was a classicist assistant undergrad. I'm going to point this up. One of the things that uh, oral literature will have is it will have repeated phrases that give you proper like pacing and timing. So it also lets you think and re- remember where you're going to be going next. So it's sort of like letting the, the speaker go on autopilot for a little bit so he can make sure that he's set up for where he's going next. Mm-hmm. So some of that might be that, and some of it's just to show they're taking everything just to, to make sure that the laundry list is there. That would be Makes my sense. guess, but it's just a guess. So,
1: Yeah, I, I like that, actually. That's probably exactly right. Cool. All right. All right. 19. All right, can you read uh, the first two verses? Yes. In those days when there was no king in Israel, a certain Levite was sojourning in the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim, who took to himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. And his concubine was unfaithful to him, and she went away from him to her father's house at Bethlehem in Judah, and was there some four months. All right, Thomas, what's a concubine? Uh, how can I put this? It is someone who is uh, who, who engages in conjugal uh, experiences with you, who does not have the rights of a spouse of a wife.
0: Not quite. okay. Wrong, incorrect. At least <laughs> what happened? It's it not a see, when we hear the word concubine today, we generally almost like the a gal kept on the side who's not sort of under the old Testament law and the customs of that time you were a spouse, but you weren't a full spouse. It's sort of like, uh, um, it, instead of being, or, or you weren't the, the, a full fledged wife, you were a little bit lower in terms of your rights and responsibilities and things like that. So mm-hmm. it, it's okay. sort of, uh, I don't I don't want to say it's you lease the car instead of buying it or but it, it it's you're there it's a legal setup there is some protection but you're not a full blown spouse. It's sort of easier to get out of, easier to, to get rid of, and also um you don't have as many obligations. So gotcha. it. It's a, it's a little less formal. We don't we don't have anything that is the uh, the equivalent of it, but it, it sort of almost almost could be like you're a probationary wife. You you aren't really fully 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 married yet, but you're you're legally attached and 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 maybe maybe down the time they might actually make you a full wife if you're if you're good Kinda enough. sort of like running up to common law type of situation. A little bit more standard than common law, but it, it's almost like you're an apprentice and not a full wife, okay. if, if that makes sense. So, And, yeah, and it fair. was just sort of like – and probably didn't have to pay as much of a dowry and stuff like that. So it's sort of, eh, we'll do it on the cheap side, and eh, it sort of worked. And anyway, this concubine is unfaithful. Now, I bring this all up, that that that, that they are legally – married even though it's kind of a lower level of marriage because of what comes up in the next verse what ah, her okay. what her spouse has called her, her the 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 person who has a concubine is called her husband so all right I see, I see. so she's been unfaithful and she decides to run back home to dad now I, th- this could be one where you could just say all right we'll let it go and be done with it or to stone her and demand that she be stoned or you could say oh well okay well let's see what he does
1: okay Then her husband arose and went after her to speak kindly to her and bring her back. He had with him his servant and a couple of donkeys, and she brought him into her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he came with joy to meet them. And his father-in-law, the girl's father, made him stay, and he remained with them three days. So they ate and drank and spent the night there. And on the fourth day they arose early in the morning, and he prepared to go. But the girl's father said to his son-in-law, Strengthen your heart with a morsel of bread, and after that you may go. So the two of them sat and ate and drank together. And the girl's father said to the man, Be pleased to spend the night, and let your heart be merry. And when the man rose up to go, his father-in-law pressed him till he spent the night there again. And on the fifth day he arose early in the morning to depart. Uh, And the girl's father said, Strengthen your heart and wait until the day declines. So they ate both of them. And when the man and his concubine and his servant rose up to depart, his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold, now the day has waned toward evening. Please, spend the night. Behold, the day draws to its close. Lodge here, and let your heart be merry. And tomorrow you shall arise early in the morning for your journey, and go home.
0: Now, This is actually good. Now, now Thomas is looking kind of strange here. It's kind of a fun, fun picture to see him on Skype. But, okay, so think about this. Things have gone sideways. You're the dad. Your daughter comes home running away because things have gone sideways. I've been terrible. Ah! She's probably not very happy and content. And up comes her husband. And he doesn't want vengeance. He doesn't demand anything back. He's like, I want my dowry back. Your, your daughter's blah, blah, blah. No, he's like, dear, come on. I, I, I want you to come back with me. This is ideal. This is the way it should be. Behold a good loving spouse. And, and you can tell the dad, the father-in-law is happy because it's like, oh, this is three days of celebration. Wait, no, no, three days is not enough. Let's add a fourth. Okay, no, 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 let's do five. I mean, so this is this is a good and this is, this is the way it should be. This is generosity, hospitality, restoration. Things are set up way, yay. Looks like things are going pretty well so far. All right. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. So, this is what you have with that reputation, repetition, 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 <laughs> where it's building up and showing this is a good situation. Dad's happy. All right. Okay. But, dun, dun, dun.
1: But the man would not spend the night. He rose up and departed, and arrived opposite Jebus, that is Jerusalem. He had with him a couple of settled donkeys, and his concubine with, uh, was with him. When they were near Jebus, the town was nearly—sorry, the day was nearly over—and the servant said to his master, "Come now, let us turn aside to this city of the Jebusites and spend the night in it." And his master said to him, "We will not turn aside into the city of foreigners." who do not belong to the people of Israel, but we will pass on into Gibeah. And he said to his young man, come and let us draw near to one of these places and spend the night at Gibeah or at Ramah.
0: All right. So let's think about this. They decide, no, no. Okay, we really need to get our way. And they come by Jebus, which is what becomes Jerusalem, but it's still still occupied by the Jebusites. It's not a, an Israelite place. The guy says, no, I... I I don't want to go stay amongst the foreigners. I'd rather get to an Israelite town. Because what should you expect at an Israelite town? Well,
1: hospitality, hospitality and, and family.
0: Yeah, I mean the, no, no, we we'll, we'll go make sure we get to the to a good place where where people will respect us as as fellow Jews and sojourners and brothers and family and 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 we we've, we've done well, so we'll we'll keep pushing on. So they're they're pushing on, they're they're pressing on into the dark.
1: All right? Okay. So they passed on and went their way, and the sun went down on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. And they turned aside there to go in and spend the night at Gibeah. And he went in and sat down in the open square of the city, for no one took them into his house to spend the night.
0: All right. Now, this is one of the things just about culture. Um, generally, the, the town would be built around a square, and if you were a sojourner, you would just kind of wander in town and hang out in the middle and wait for someone to offer you in. Think about the New Testament when the disciples go two by two. You don't have to bring stuff just just go where you're welcome and, and take what they give you. That was the way hospitality was done in the ancient world. If if you lived in a town and someone came onto on the town it was like, "Oh, we all take turns letting people in." All right? Okay. Now, we're about ready to to run out of time for this episode, aren't we? So PR. I will suggest we leave this man out in the cold and see what'll happen, and we'll find out <laughs> what'll happen. We'll find out what'll happen next time. But surely it'll go well because it's a good, good, nice Jewish city. Everything that goes on should be good and above the board and proper, and in those days there was no king in Israel. Yeah. Surely this nice virtuous man who went back to uh, to redeem his unfaithful concubine, surely good things will happen to him, right? <laughs> We'll find out next time on the Gospel Boatly Podcast. There you have it. learning experience.